Welcome back, and we're about to have a hopefully interesting um, episode today yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> of the Less of a Man podcast. Um, we're going to try to be very like respectable and, and sensitive to the times when we're having this, but we're going to have a pretty, I think it's going to be a spirited uh, debate <laughs> about, you know, our topic, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but as always, we're going to start off with... Our mental health check-in, um, EJ. I am doing great. <sighs> There's some tension in the room, but I'm feeling great and just smiling <laughs> in spite of. This has been a good week. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about police, so I'll just bring my story in. We've already had this conversation. Um, I just want to say it. Ronan has just rolled his eyes at me, but that's okay. Get your police vote. So, uh, <laughs> that thing is so that thing is, I actually agree with you. Yeah, I know, but why did you roll your eyes? I don't say that. But I so, uh, in my week, we had this police officer come into the Starbucks, have their mask on, and then take their mask off. We politely asked them to replace their facial covering because that's how we have to call it at Starbucks. They not only refused to do that, look us in the eye, open their drink, stir their drink, put their drink back in, throw their trash away and walk slowly out of the store without even lifting a finger to put their facial covering back on. They were from the uh, Atlanta Police Department. Oh, um, So, I mean, that was just interesting. I had a, very, a good week. I felt like it was very busy, went really fast. But other than that, that was my, you know. Okay, okay. High, high point. And least. just to let people behind the curtains. Before every podcast, <laughs> Sharon and EJ get into it. Like, almost Always. almost every single one of my line row. No, you're, you're not lying. Every, they go for like an hour of yeah. the same topics. They argue every time, so that's the, the tension in the room. Sharon, <laughs> what about your mental health? How you doing, EJ? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? You seem a little agitated. I'm okay. I'm good. Um, whew, okay, mental health, mental <laughs> health check. Um, I got the 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 the, the um, end of the week actually ended pretty good. Um, I actually had my first interview, um, and well, in person interview, um, for the first time next week. So I'm actually kind of excited about that. Um, it also has been a, a real rough week, um, because of course of the verdict that came down, not verdict, but this what's the word for it? decision decision that came down. I guess in the Breonna Taylor case, it, it kind of had me in a very conflicting um, place right now. So I'm just trying to process my thoughts. I had a rant on Facebook that kind of just hope that made me feel better for a moment. But yeah, it was very long. It was real long. So no, yeah. I didn't see that one. Yeah, yeah. When I, you I know, where it said some more, show more. I hit it. And I was like, I'm not about to read all this. I'm trying like to hit a Reddit. It really was like I, I had to call him and be like, Are you okay? No, and then he's talking to himself in third person. I was like, I'm not. Wow. No, he's saying Char feels <laughs> this. Char feels this. This was really like not upset. It just isn't that like a part of like associated property. It really was. I really was having a moment, honestly. So yeah, and I feel better now, but it's just a lot going on in my mind, and I just need. I think I probably need a therapy session because I need a moment to just process all the thoughts that's in my mind. But overall, Are you crying? I don't know if it's a crying session. It's just a process a lot of things like in my mind. In the face yeah. Session. Yeah, like swing at the air type. Um, I mean, you just ignore the business. baby. Oh, it's contact with a baby. Yeah, <laughs> with nah, your punches. You know I draw that from? 
Right. <laughs> Don't be a menace to society. Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah, yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I got it. Uh, yeah. He always this random uh, just... I'm going for the more boys in the hood, swing at the air. <laughs> yeah, the swing at the air right after. I think I'm gonna go for that. So shout out to um what's his name? <laughs> after Ricky got shot. After, yeah, after Ricky got shot. Uh, been, no, I think it was before after, Ricky got shot actually. That was after they got stopped by the Yeah, house. exactly. And he oh, went oh. it was actually a good moment for him, I guess, because of how it ended, but you know, still. So maybe I should swing in the air with Shanita in the room and see where it goes. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, but overall it's been a good week. So, all right, what about you, Raw? Um, it's been a interesting week. You know, everything that happened this week and my allergies are killing me, and Edward and Char going back and forth about the same thing every week. Every mm-hmm. week, <laughs> it's uh, thing. I'm good. really be trying to argue. That's the only thing. But you said insulting things. That's the crazy part about it. it really, I feel like it's insulting. So, so back to my mental uh, health. Okay, you're not gonna do that. Go ahead, take your moment. So. And now I'm a little stressed because now our photo shoot got engagement photo shoot got pushed up and we got time crunch now. So it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> sundown. Yeah, at sundown. I can't believe both of y'all. The literally that was the time. Yeah, at yeah. Sundown. He has. You have your engagement. Yeah. Who sunset. does that? And how dare you not Sorry. know what sunset is? <laughs> how do you not know? How yeah. dare you? I don't even know that, and I'm the gay one. And the, so I, I, I don't expect y'all to know that. Being no, nah, so context is you have your engagement photo shoot today. We have our maternity photo shoot today, and both of our <laughs> significant others said that the time was at sunset, but didn't give an actual time. <laughs> so then she, what, she texted me and said 4.30? Between 4.30 to 5.30. Which is not sunset. I'm going to drive from our house to where we're going to be, so we have to be there at 4.30 so we can do the shoot between 4.30 and 5.30 because overcast. And that's like a drive Which is not sunset. It's not, it's not sunset. sunset. Well, it's sunset-ish. How about that? It is no, not sunset-ish. Sunset is like, isn't that, that's like around seven. Like yes, it's around seven. seven. Yes, yeah, seven yeah. o'clock, yeah. So... My mental health, I think I'm on a, a kind of on the line with Char. Um, man, I had to sit back and think about this week, man. It has been a rough, like, year for black people. Oh, yes, it is. has. And to sit, like, you got to understand all we have seen, right? We have seen, like, um, white people go ballistic on black people, like, um, calling all types of racial stuff. That's where we get the cancel culture from. We got people calling cops on on black people, hoping that, something will happen to them forgot about that um we're we're talking about countless shootings and we can argue the legality of these shootings but we're watching black people die on on camera right in front of us not only that we got the nfl where again i said in the later podcast that these guys were, were locked in unity nothing about a flag nothing about politics and people were booing them you know what i'm saying we got the nba making their stance but people are still criticizing them no matter what they do mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like lebron got called weak fake woke weak when he has a school that he's putting out for people and even before now shut up and dribble yeah shut up and dribble yeah and and, and, and you gotta like we could go to our social medias and we have all types of things that we're seeing even down with like chadwick <laughs> bozeman like to see that and that was like our superhero like that was our representation like the emotional um conflicts of us it's crazy we just had the crown act passed which is crazy that the crown act even needed to be passed and for those people who don't know what the crown act is for it's illegal to discriminate somebody based on their hair like the the fact that we even have to have that say it out loud yeah to say it out loud kamala harris 
that should have been a, a a monumental moment for us and to see how we had to actually argue with people is she black enough like the 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 things that we have to go through i think is is, is real crazy i'm i'm happy that i don't have to go into an office because i don't even know how i would kind of do it you know what i'm saying the biggest thing for me to happen this week i say all this to say this like kind of the final straw for me was wells fargo and yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, the CEO Charles Scarf blamed the lack of diversity on the bank on a very limited pool of black talent to recruit from. The issue, the big issue with this for me is a bank at Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo is my bank, and now I'm like, fuck, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's your your viewpoint, then you can't have my business. So, like, literally. Everything we go through, you know what I'm saying? And, and the crazy thing, let me go back to the crazy thing about it is my banker at Wells Fargo is a black guy. Mm. <laughs> so it was like, he got to get punished yeah. in this situation. But I was like, the mental health of like, I think black people right now, man, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy right now. Yeah. <clears throat> so maybe, maybe you're right, Shar, and uh, therapy is, yeah. is the key. Man, I'm sad now. Because I mean, because it's it's a reality of us, and I think that that people don't really understand. And not only yeah. is it like society, it's like yeah. we're we're attacked by our own. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we're true. attacked by our own. So even look at the Kamala Harris situation. We're attacked by our own. Um, everything. We're we're not on one accord with like anything, and it's like we got to get opposition from both sides and it's and i just think for us it's like like look at tory lanes right tory lanes he put an instagram post saying he was going to basically stop his silence at like it was like 12 o'clock at night eastern time and this fool puts out an album no, he like, didn't. Yeah, he did. He puts out a record yeah no it was an album it was a whole album it was a whole I album it was a record yeah I no it was, it was an album <laughs> he puts out an album and then now people are like well maybe he didn't do it and it's like so who did it? Did you do it yourself? Well, there was another person that apparently, um, I forget the name, but I just read something on social media, basically not saying that it's her fault that it happened, but saying that she's a drunk, essentially. Yes. And that she gets, she becomes a different person when she drinks. Yes. And he, apparently the night before, she was there, he was there with them. Some person- The best does, friend. It was the best, the best friend that was in the car with him. Um, they're saying that the what I've heard, and this might not be what you're talking about, but they I heard that they were arguing over Tory Lanez, and then somehow she was wrestling with Tory Lanez with the gun, and somehow shot herself. Is the theory I, I heard, which is, but she got shot in the back yeah. of her foot, yeah. which how, doesn't how that work? Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make sense. But I, I just think it's funny how quickly we're trying to go to Tory. Yeah, it was Lanez. a designer, a designer uh-huh. who had I don't I think. He said he was around them like the day before the okay. incident happened right, right. and saw that she was like really drunk and being really aggressive toward him and arguing with him. Basically trying to paint the picture the other way around. Yes. So yeah. I don't know what the validity of that is, but But this yeah. is my problem. So I was talking to my wife this morning about it and I said, Let's just say um Tory Lanez is innocent. Let's just argue for purposes. Then why wouldn't he say that at the very beginning? Why when Megan Thee Stallion said Tory shot me, does he not say anything? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so all that to me is a mute point and he doesn't read the room, especially after the Breonna Taylor decision comes down. He the next day it. he does this. Yeah. 
tone deaf. Yeah, it's completely tone deaf, and it's, it's just like the the duality of like black people and what we kind of battle with internally and so culture to society yeah. to family. They would like. It's also what we're willing to accept. It's almost like we we reject and re- and accept total contradictions of the same situation sometimes, mm-hmm. and we just confuse ourselves in terms of you know, what we what we want to accept and what we want to reject and it's kind of confusing sometimes. Yeah, because it's, it's, yeah. it's like the R. Kelly situation in a sense where we're like, because I'm a fan of R. Kelly, I just can't believe it. Mm-hmm. I still blast him. And it's just like, our morality, like, that should never be the situation. Like, we shouldn't be playing Tory Lane. We shouldn't give him the time of day. Tory Lane could have came out and just said, that's not true, I'm innocent, and I'm going to let it play out in court. That's all he could have said. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to, you know... Oh, it's an explanation, but he could have just did that. But to sit here and come out with an album and try to monetize the situation. Yeah. And then we buy it. So And then we buy it. Yeah. That's that's also the issue. So um going into black women and you know things happening to them. So we so the Breonna Taylor situation um came down and we were all I was by my computer Watching the live one. Were y'all watching live too? No. Yeah, I was watching the uh, the press conference. I didn't get to watch. You it. didn't watch I was it. Uh, I watched it after you called. I was doing something for Edward, and then after that, I just went ahead. Oh, and so it's Edward's fault. Yeah. yeah, he was asking me. To Everything do seems to be my fault. <laughs> <laughs> he was asking me to do some re um, re recording, so I went ahead and did it, and then you called me. That's why I went oh, downstairs okay. to look at so it. So that couldn't have waited. Huh? That couldn't have waited. Actually, no, it couldn't have waited. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if uh, we we kept calling each other back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me and Raw were calling each other back and forth about the situation. Um, So just for people who don't know, I'm just going to do a quick recap of it, and then we're going to get into it. So Breonna Taylor was a 26 black medical worker who was shot and killed by three officers. Jonathan, was it Mattingly, Brett Hackinson, and Miles Cosgrove. When they returned fire after being shot first by Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker. According to Walker, he thought they were intruders and fired a warning shot at one of the officer's legs. He claims that the officers did not announce who they were before entering. The officers claimed that they did announce themselves before entering. Only Brett Hackerson was fired and later indicted on three counts of Walton endangerment for blindly shooting into the apartment and not the actual death of Breonna Taylor. This has led to widespread protests across the nation. Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly said, I know we did the legal, moral, and ethical thing that night. The family was awarded $12 million by Louisville officials. So that's the the quick overview of of what happened. So um, we all know that the decision came down that it was only Hackinson, no, Mattingly, no, Hackinson, is the one that got indicted or Walton endangerment. Um, Raw, since you are a resident officer here, how did the attorney general or the um what is it the um grand jury. the grand jury come to this uh, decision um well listening to his press conference they say he stated that they gave them the elements of the crimes were homicide all the way down to i guess wanton which is re- well, re- reckless endangerment which is re- really reckless endangerment for full and felony reckless endangerment for Georgia. Um, so I guess they looked at the elements, the law, and came with the decision that the only thing they can charge them with was, was the, the reckless conduct. Um, 
Why is it why is it not murder that so many people want it murder? It... Okay, so in this situation, they were serving a search warrant. And then that's something I got to clear up too. Like I see a lot of people talk about, you know, the person they were looking for was already detained mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But that there's there's a difference between an arrest warrant and a search warrant. An Absolutely. arrest warrant is for a person, a search warrant is for evidence. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. all they had to do was establish a nexus between that person and that location. Absolutely. To which they did in the what, what they did was um they were they were hitting several addresses. That would have to be one of the addresses because her ex boyfriend mm-hmm. was getting packages from that house. That's what had her address on there. So right. they were at the right place. Go ahead. Finish. So I mean, there's other speculation about her being involved in his enterprise or whatever, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so the search warrant was obtained. It was a no knock warrant. After talking to supervisor, supervisor told them to knock and announce. They claimed they knocked and announced. The attorney general found one person that said he heard them knock and announce. Uh, even a reporter said that they found one person that said that heard them knock and announce. Mm-hmm. Um, they did serve at an early time, which is normal for some search warrants. And it was then, like 12 o'clock at night? 1240. 12 12.40 at night, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so with that being said, they had a legal right to be there. Um, they made entry when no one answered, so they forced entry, which means they pretty much locked the door off. He fired at them as they made entry, which at that point they had the right to defend themselves, and they shot back. And when they shot back, mm-hmm. one of those, well, she has, she was hit like what five to six times. Five, yeah, it was six it's times six because times. one yeah. of them, um, I think one was like in the foot or something. Yeah. And but... so when they fired back, she was shot. Now the Akinsack who was outside heard the shots. And shot into the apartment, which from every training I've done, I've been told you don't shoot into the house when your stack is inside because you run the risk of hitting your own people inside. Yeah, and, and just put context on it. He shot into a window and a door that was covered. So he didn't know he what see. he was aiming at. He, he was see. just shooting. Just shoot. yeah, he was just shooting. So it was basically reckless endangerment. Right. So that's why they came with the three counts. I think they did it. If I'm not mistaken, they did it for the two officers that was inside and Breonna Taylor. They never, they didn't charge him for the boyfriend. That's why how you get the three counts. Okay. Um. So, and I know there's a lot of legality that goes into it, but um, basically they were doing their job, and being fired upon, they returned fire, and someone instantly got killed. So my question is, um, and probably go more into details about the search warrant warrant. What would they have to have to establish in order to actually obtain a search warrant? Yeah, before you answer that question, also people know they when they searched the house it was nothing illegal in the house. Right. They found nothing. Yes, they found nothing. No money, nothing, nothing. But go ahead. Right. I mean, that happens sometimes. But um they had to establish a nexus between her boyfriend or her ex boyfriend in time. In that location, so there had to be some type of investigation where they did surveillance, CS, CS buys, undercover buys, or had some type of information that they can put into the search warrant to establish that illegal activity was happening at that location. So, 
for me, I know search warrants are one of the hardest things, especially for narcotics, are one of the hardest things to get because judges don't like signing off on anything that's going to intrude on the Fourth Amendment. Mm-hmm. So and that's why the FBI is investigating the search warrant because it could be a constitutional violation. Okay. So that said, they so basically everything had to be in line for them to get that search warrant unless they lied. And they would need that nexus to prove that something was going on there. And then typically, like for a typical search warrant, what is the time period that it takes them to be able to establish and get that search warrant in terms of the surveillance and the information that they need to... It it depends on the case. It can take take weeks. It can take months. It can take years. It depends on what type of case you're doing and how big the investigation is. Um, I don't know how big their investigation was or... How long it took them to do it, but it's going to take time. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen the next day, anything like that. You you have to build that nexus, and you have to have supporting evidence to get that search warrant. So, from what I read, and I'll let you go after this. Um, for from what I read, they caught the search warrant because he was receiving packages um, from the house, and the family said later on that those were sneakers. Is that enough to get, or would they have to have more? That they need more than that. Uh-huh. They need more than just having um, packages. They, I mean, if they did say it was packages, they had to determine what the packages were sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, like, it would have to be, like, they intercepted a package and it was narcotics at one point, and then they allowed it to go to the location so, and see him receive it there. Okay. So it, it would have to be more than just packages. They had to have a dual full so, investigation. Go ahead, Adrian. So, I mean, with the packages, I think in the police memo that was leaked, right, they had cited that the inspector said that it was a suspicious package. But when the inspector was um, spoken to about it, he said he had no record of that. So that was something that was cited as an occurrence, which was actually false. I mean, not necessarily. People lie. Okay. So you're saying the the, the guy lied? I'm saying the inspector lied. I, I mean, it can go either. And that's what I'm saying. Not necessarily. I'm not saying anyone did or didn't, but it could have happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People don't always say everything that they said before. Okay. So, and that so that goes. I mean, we can go back to the also. Um, we can go back to that later because we also have to talk about the one witness that they had out of twelve people that they interviewed. So of the eleven people said they heard nothing. One person initially said they heard nothing. Two other interviews, then they changed their story. So we also have to talk about that as well. Yeah, I mean, I can talk about that because I've had that happen to me. Let's go back to the the warrant itself. So tell us a little bit more about the different ways the warrant can be executed. So this one was... A no-knock. A no-knock initially. So let's, let's talk about... So people can understand what a no-knock warrant is. So basically what a no-knock warrant would be would be that you believe if you knock and announce, it would either put yourself or others in imminent danger or large amount of evidence would be destroyed. Because when you knock, you have to give them a reasonable reasonable amount of time to answer the door. Which before, they can flush evidence and all right, that before, stuff. So right. before you enter the presence. So with a no-knock, it's basically just you walk up, hit the door, go in. Um, and just to clarify, in the police report, they said it was a no-knock warrant. It was a no-knock, but they, when they went to their supervisor to execute he it, changed he it changed it and said, a, they hey, had to announce themselves. knock and announce yourself. So they actually decided to do a knock even though they had the option of but doing a no-knock. I think that, that, that's still the speculation. It, that's that's the what they're saying, and they only found one person to say that they did. So, I mean, 
back to your point, when you say they interview 12 people, people don't always tell the truth in certain situations. Now, I'm not saying that they're lying. I don't know because I was not there. I don't know what they did, whatever. So they heard some one person say that they had one person say that they did knock and announce. Even a reporter said that, that they found one person. I think it was the same person. But they, I, it, it, it might be the yeah, same person. There would be multiple times to right. change the story. Right. So, I mean, things vary with that. With that, I, I, don't, I take that as a grain of salt because not everybody, because I've had it happen where you said you did something and majority of people are like, you didn't do that. But you know that you did it, and they're lying. Because I've been in internal affairs because somebody, because most people have lied and said that I didn't do something that I did. But luckily for me, it was recorded. Yeah, but the, I think the 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 thing that we we got to take that seriously because we've also seen that a lot of the stuff on the police report wasn't true. Right. So what her saying there was no there was no injuries for them to say on the police report that it wasn't a forced entry when it was proven that it was a forced entry. So no, I, I, yeah, it was a forced entry. No matter what you, if you yeah. did not going to announce or whatever. You, yeah, but I'm saying you the, that police door, report, the police report said it wasn't. So, But that determines what they constitute a forced entry. So you don't think a ram to the door is in a forced entry? For me, yes. But I don't know what their department constitutes as a forced entry. So that's, that's what's throwing me off is that... How is it different between police departments for forced I would just entry? think a ram to the door would be forced entry universal. Because it's a... I mean, legally, it's there's a definition for it, right? Um, different departments do things differently. But when you say no, not that it's that. Either way, if you are you have the the warrant to go in and no one's responsive, at that point, the expectation is for police officers to enter the premises. For a no knock, yes. Yeah, so I no guess knock, I'm just going to hit the door. I guess that's right. where I'm getting confused. But even if it's oh. a knock one, don't they still? If no one's responding, they still hit the door. Right. So, I mean, I don't know what they constitute a forced entry. For us, that would be a forced entry. And you got to do a report on that. But go ahead, Char. What's your question? So, and maybe I, I, maybe I missed it the first time I asked it. So, the paperwork, we know the paperwork definitely said no not. Yeah. Okay. So, what we, what so we they had the option of actually going in unannounced. Right. So, if they were to knock, they're actually doing more than what give it more of a courtesy than what they would have given, considering that the paperwork gave them the option of no not. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, because the paper said no not, um, it was on the supervisor to say, you know what, we're going to knock and announce, which means, I mean, he he probably thought of this situation. <laughs> and unfortunately, it still turned out the way it did, but he probably said, you know what, we're going to knock and announce so there's no discrepancy. Mm-hmm. So, but okay, so it's we still need a to, difference in discrepancy. We'll but the biggest thing is going. What's going to happen is we're going to have to wait to the FBI finish their investigation, so we can know what exactly was in that warrant and what was done to establish the probable cause for them to be there. But I think that's important because the article I read made it seem like it was no knock at first, and then like the judge changed it, or or some official changed it to a knock. To announce, so I don't. I don't no, if, a, if a judge signed yeah. it as a no knock, the judge no-knock. signed it as a no knock. Yeah, which no-knock. if you're yeah. looking at what's required to get a no knock, it was not legal, um, based on 
the what with the information that was given because they cited four other mm-hmm. different warrants and all they did was copy and paste the, the same, same information yeah, from all, all of it. And as you said, to get a no knock, you would have to be able to have suspicion or evidence that supports that there would be harm to the police officers entering or that the people would be trying to get rid of evidence, which in the case, in the evidence presented, of course, there's an affidavit that probably has way more stuff than what we actually really know. But from that, it doesn't seem like that's a legal no-knock. But at the end of the day, whether it was knock or no-knock, it doesn't really matter. You said legal no-knock. If you can present to a judge what your findings and they sign off on a no-knock, still legal. I mean, there's different criteria. For us, there's a, a, a checklist you have to go through to get a no-knock. But it was but a Supreme it, Court ruling, so it's illegal. The law says this is what you need to be able to get it, and it wasn't but, presented. But so, you don't know that for sure, because you didn't, you didn't, see, you don't have the affidavit to see if it was illegal. So that that's the whole investigation that the FBI is doing. So if they go through the search warrant affidavit and everything that was presented, the case file, and they determined that it was a violation, then that's when we can say for sure it was a violation. But we can't say that until we yeah, have until all the information. Right. So um, I want to ask you guys, how did you guys feel when the actual verdict went down? Because for me, I I kind of was like preparing myself for this the whole time. Like I, I, I actually was shocked any of them got indicted. And, and me and Raw talked all the time. If anybody was going to get indicted, it was going to be Hackinson because mm-hmm. of his reckless shooting. I didn't think anybody was going to be um, indicted, especially when they, they did Louisville as a state of emergency and they start boarding up City Hall. Right. I, I was preparing for almost, it felt to me similar to when I found the Trayvon Martin verdict, similar to that, where it was like we, society, history has shown us it was going to go this way. And then when we see it, it's like, for me, it was, it was a whole range of emotion for me. For it. So I want to know how do you guys feel when the actual decision came down? Before we get into that, I want to go back to your question about the, um, the thing. Well, and then another thing would be also the officers that executed the search warrant were the ones that they didn't write the warrant. Right. So, so they're going off a of good faith from the person that wrote the warrant. Exactly. Which right. is, I mean, I think all of that comes down to sloppy police work. That's what I put it in. Is there a legal basis for what you did? Yes, there is, but it's sloppily executed. Well, we don't know yet. We don't know that. Yet. I, from the evidence that we have right now, my opinion is it's sloppy police work. But you're, but then you're not doing the right. I'm you're not doing right justice now, for you. But right you don't now. have the full evidence to determine okay. to make a I have uh, educated. Evidence. No, I mean, but we can't just evidence. like just like we're talking. We were <laughs> yeah. just talking about Tory Lanez earlier. We have enough that we we don't. Everything hasn't come out, but we have enough to to make an opinion. Of course, your opinion can change with new right. information. Right, but, but as of right now, as of right now, I think. I think, no, I think right now what we're doing is if, if both not, sides we do it all the time. Yeah, both sides are have are doing the evidence based off of their opinion of what it right. is. So we really won't know for sure until Check everyone that. do right. their investigation to say that this is, it can go either way. Is what we're saying. So we're not saying. We want it to go a particular way. We're just saying we just don't know until we get all the evidence which way it's going to go. All right. So back to... Yeah. Did you, you want to say something before we... No, you didn't. Okay. So uh, back, how did you guys feel when the verdict came down, though? I honestly had to catch up because I wasn't... I was working, so I wasn't really privy to seeing what was happening. I just was getting, like, messages from y'all, and I was trying to do too much at work to even focus. 
So I had to catch up, and I think it was different for me only because I think if I had caught it at that moment, I would have had a different reaction. Um, but also going about how history has kind of presented itself to us with these situations time and time again, most of the time, either they're not indicted or they're indicted on a lesser charge. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. a whole ray of emotions for me because I have my mind elsewhere. It just is kind of disappointing sometimes. Um, and I think it's disappointing because we don't understand the law. So a lot of things that happen, we don't understand why. But then when you have to mm-hmm. look at the law and what it states and mm-hmm. is it right, then you have to kind of change your mindset about something. So um, for me, it's just disappointing, but I understand the things that have been presented to me right. from conversations I had about the law. Right. What about you, Char? Um, I guess when I first saw it, I was emotional, but I was emotional for a different reason. I was emotional at the fact that here we have another situation where another... I guess black person is killed and we're not getting the, the justice that we feel we would deserve. Um, but a part of me try to remove the emotions from it and then look at it totally from, I guess, a case by case basis. And in a sense, because and because we were talking about it so much in terms amongst our group, the verdict itself didn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. But the result, the end, the, the the results that we always get in terms of what we expect in terms of black individuals getting justice is the frustrating part that I had to, I guess, wrap my mind around. Wrap my mind around because I think even though there are some out there who can, there, there may be evidence out there that can justify the police actions. It still hurts to see another black person killed by the hands of the police. And that's what I'm trying to grapple with in terms of how to differentiate someone being killed by the police and the police actually being able to do their job. So that's kind of where I'm at, trying to figure out that part, so. Okay, and what about you, Ron? I mean, I I was prepared. I mean, we all talked about this the whole time. And I was prepared for both sides. I mean, it it sucks. Someone did lose their life, and it hurts. But then also being on the other side, someone that does serve warrants on a regular basis, it's it's a dangerous job. So, I mean, like, we we, we spoke about it several times, and I, I told you, the only person that's probably going to get charged would be him, and it would be for the same charge that he got charged with. Um, the only thing is... That warrant is really what's going to play the biggest role. And even if there's a Fourth Amendment violation, the officer that wrote it is going to be the one who's going to have to answer for that. Yes. Mm. Yep. So, and the story's not over. It's still going. Um, this is just part one. We're just going to have to wait for the final act. Mm. Yeah, I think I felt bad for society, man. And yeah. I was just like, man, I, I don't want to see, you know, my people in pain. I don't want to have to explain this to my daughter or even us to have debates. Like like I said earlier, like going on social media and seeing people justify why black people deserve to get beaten or killed is, is really difficult for me. Even the, the officer Mattingly who got shot, he made this statement. Um, Good guys are demonized and criminals are canonized. And I think it's so tone deaf because it it's tone deaf in the sense that um, 
Walker wasn't a criminal here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He was a legal gun owner. Um, and he even got an additional license that's not even required in the state to right. conceal carry. Right. I, there's speculations about uh, Breonna Taylor, but as of right now, they didn't there. find anything at the house. So when I'm, when I'm not saying good guys are demonized is is wrong. He can feel that way. But this to point them as criminals already, that's that's the part I have the problem with of of this statement, man. And I think it was tone deaf and I just I just I think I just hurt for society, man. Yeah. And Go I ahead, Shark. But to your point, um, in terms of what he said, I, I, I think they come across as tone deaf. I absolutely hundred percent agree with that. Um I also think it's unfair for us to criminalize Brianna Taylor. Um, but I think what a lot of people aren't talking about, and it's, and this is the other half of what I try to um, process this in my mind, is the ex-boyfriend. I, you know, and that's where I don't think we're just talking about his role enough right. in terms of what role he played in her death as well. Right. Let me add something that, real quick yeah. to that. Walker, Kenneth Walker, again, is uh, Brown Ted's boyfriend. He actually, in his statement from the article I read, thought it was the ex-boyfriend yeah. breaking in. Right. Mm-hmm. So when he said that he didn't hear, he thought it was him. Yeah. And and that's why he was flying a copy. Yeah. So and oh, back to um, oh, his statement. Yeah, it, it is. It is tone deaf. I mean, being on both sides, you you look at things differently. You try to look at it as objective, and as in situations like this. We both, both sides have a tendency of running to each other's corners mm-hmm. and uh, taking a stand. Right. So he feels like he's being attacked, so he has to lash back, lash back out. Oh, personally, for me, you let everything play out. You know you did what you needed to do. Mm-hmm. You know you did the right thing. Just let it play out. I mean, don't add fuel to the fire. Because you don't understand anybody else's pain. Nobody understands right. your pain mm-hmm. and what you're going through. Because you're not, no one can understand your job unless they did your job. And no one can understand how that family feels or society feels mm-hmm. unless you're in that society to feel that pain. Right. So you have to understand to have some type of compassion and mediation in between. We, we can't talk about her criminal past at that point mm-hmm. when- What was her criminal past? All well, I've heard was allegations that she might be with- Right, so the, there's not a criminal so past. So it's not- just, But that's just um, a, a suspect. So yeah, I just like to be clear because I feel like that's misleading and that's the thing that I I absolutely hate when people talk about stuff. You're, so, and I'm not, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's the thing that, that actually really pisses me off is because we're saying her criminal past, she doesn't have a criminal past. There's no record. We say Kenneth Walker's criminal past. He doesn't have he's a never, criminal past. Not, he has so nothing. let's just be very clear. That, I think it's important. But let's also add the fact that her ex-husband, not ex-boyfriend, yes. did, yes. was heavily involved yes. in a situation that 
possibly kill an innocent, like I mean, resulted in an innocent person losing their life. And, exactly, exactly. And that's the part I feel like we're leaving off. And I think, and, I, and, we, can get, and, we, and we can get into it in terms of absolutely what not. I mean no, with that. Yeah, there's nothing that that that. So the investigation was done on that. So mm-hmm. what he's talking about is there was a car in 2016, December 2016, that she rented out, and she allowed her ex Glover to mm-hmm. use the car. She loaned it to him. Eventually, a person ended up dead in that car. Investigation was done. Nothing linked her to that. She was unaware of the death. So we can't use that at all to say that, okay, well, now she's like, there's nothing. So I think what you have to do, you have to talk about the facts, right? So Mm -hmm. we can talk about all we want that she was associated with someone that was a drug dealer. I get it. Might she have, might it be naive of of us to say she didn't know a little bit about what's going on, but can we also say that maybe she didn't know everything that was happening? Oh, no, by no means. I I don't say that to try to blame her. Right. I'm just saying the association doesn't mean that she's also, Mm -hmm. like, guilty of being involved. Because a lot of us would be guilty. Exactly. Because my sister, my sister dated multiple drug dealers that were arrested on multiple occasions. One actually had her car, which my dad was in my dad's name. He ended up like that. He was was in my dad's name (laughs) and he ended up getting stopped while one of my nephews was in the car by police officers who had guns pointed at him and the child was in the car. She had no idea of what he was doing. So I think it is okay to say that sometimes they may not know. Now, are there women that date drug dealers that know exactly what's going on? Absolutely. But at this instance, I think we just need to stick to the facts. And the uh, facts also, are that it doesn't really link also, her to that. Also, all of us would be guilty. Because exactly. all of us know somebody. So all of us would be guilty in that that case. But, but sorry to interrupt. Go ahead back to your point. Well, um, I don't know if I'm... Well, I'm trying to unpack this. I don't say that to criminalize her. Um, We're not saying you are, but a lot of people are. Yeah, a lot um, of media is, especially right-wing media is doing that. Because it helps their side. I mean, it yeah, helps the it case. helps their, their but point. But that goes back to what I'm saying. We all run to our corners. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to actually talk about the facts. You want to talk about speculation and what we heard, what we read, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. what you read all the time isn't the fact. It's not. And that that's everything. We've got away from media being a true source. Mm-hmm. We've got to a point where media only puts out what's going to support their narrative. Right. And that's right and left. Absolutely. So the media is no longer unbiased. At all. So we don't know what's true, what's not anymore. Until all the facts are presented. But also, in, in adding to that, this is not only media's fault. The The... Cops have blood on their badges. And they have had a history, again, of abusing their power. So it's, it's not like we just woke up one morning and just hate the cops. This, this is like, we can argue back and forth the legality of this case or any other case, Rashad Brooks, Jacob Blake. We can argue legality. The point is, we wouldn't be here if cops didn't have a history. So, no, it might not be Rodden Lord did it, but people in the past of abusing their power. I just want to say this, because people always say the first cops were, what did it say, uh, slave? Um, slave catchers. Slave catchers. catchers. Not necessarily true. Um, they're, one, they're one of the first kind of forms of policing, but not first official police. But in that case, they were, it was a group of people who were in charge of chasing down, apprehending, and returning slaves to their owners to provide a form of organized terror 
to slaves and to maintain a form of discipline for slave workers. So basically these people's job was policing was used as social control. So the, what I say is there is our history with police officers started this. So we can't just stay here and blame black people or blame media. Police have blood on their badges as well and they have to account for that. So to my, to my point, we've had this discussion before when we talked, when we had on our last podcast mm -hmm. where we needed reform. And I always agree that we do need reform as an aspect we can't mm -hmm. police the same way that we policed 10 years ago right. because it's not Absolutely. feasible for this time. Right. So my biggest issue is not only do we need that, we need criminal justice reform because criminal justice reform, Absolutely. Was the, was the system was, let's be honest, not built for us, period. At all. The system wasn't built mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. It allowed things in the past to happen and people get away with it. And I, and I quite understand how I'm looked at and all that stuff. I've been called a coon. I've been called a race baiter. I've been called, I've been enslaving my own people and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But my thing is, I always ask you, what are you doing to change the system? If I don't work here and I can't be empathetic with what you do and how knowing what you go through right. and have a conversation with you, because none of this is personal for me. My job isn't personal. I don't take it home with me. I leave it at work. Mm -hmm. So when, even if I arrest a black man, I always have a conversation with them. Talk about anything. Because at the end of the day, if we fought, I chased you, whatever, none of that shit is personal. Because you trying to go home, I'm trying to go home. Mm -hmm. So the only thing I can do is have a conversation with you at the end of the day. We talk about sports, all that stuff. Well, but you are right. There is a history. But the only way to change that is to get true reform and try to get yes to change the system. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, and and I 100% agree. I'll let you talk after this. But hold on, I 100% agree with you. I'm just talking more of the and we all have friends that do it where they get on social media or whatever and act like they're not a, like the the system that they work for is not at fault and it's everybody else. But that's, that's the only that's, thing. That's, I'm that's, that's what I'm saying. Everybody yeah. runs to their corners. Yeah. He's like, yes. I don't do that. My people I know don't do that. Right. Yeah. The people you know and you're social with don't do that. But that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there that do that. Yeah. But that, that, that's the thing. So, like, if we want to get rid of those people, I personally feel more of us should become police officers because right. it helps root out those areas. Right. I don't because uh, most people yeah. can't handle what they're doing in their lives right now. And having this police officer would just make an even worse situation. But then most think police officers. Uh -huh. Some, a big majority of these officers, I don't think, have the mental capacity to even be there. And no, there. I'm talking about people that want to do this job. Right. You're talking about qualified people. Yeah, qualified, qualified, people. qualified okay. people that That's want cool. to do this job, okay. that need cool. to do this job, and want to do it for the right reasons. Right. I know right. several people that do that, but you also have situations where people make dumb, make mis make stupid mistakes that mm -hmm. cost people their lives, and you look back on it and be like, why would you do that? Right, mm -hmm. absolutely. And that's what I'm saying in this case is that's why I feel like you even pointed out. I feel like, I feel like it wasn't a well executed warrant. Honestly, to just tell you the truth, I just don't feel like it was. Why? Um, I feel like the timing was terrible. Why? Um, to go. Okay, so first of all, let's just talk about the point. Was she like considered a major like player in this deal, or? But they were they, there for her. They okay. 
They were there for her. They were there for evidence. They were for evidence from her place, right? And they had her. Yeah, but they weren't there for her. You got to understand. Okay, so let me me me... finish my statement first. They saw her as a soft target, right? That may have some type of association. It wasn't like she was like a major target in the investigation. We don't know that. That is true. That was stated in the evidence that they have presented. It is true. Do you see, did you see the affidavit? Okay. Did you see Every the affidavit? Every single report. Did, did you I see, see the affidavit? The affidavit? No. Then you don't know no. for sure okay. that that was what so it is. So we're just going to play, we're just going to pretend like that. No, I'm not. That but, is presented. But, okay. You but, you, the, but that's, that's not the, evidence. That's speculation. Until you see the actual affidavit, she which was is cited a- as a soft target. That's did you just, see the affidavit? Do you see it? No, that's why okay, I'm not so making a speculation. But you are. You're making speculation that is not true. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. saying until we see it, we can't use that as okay. fact. Okay, go ahead, Shar. Okay, okay. Go ahead, Shar. This is so, frustrating. <laughs> oh, are you, are you mean, still going? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Then, then, then Shar, so, you go. If, if this is the case, we can't even have this conversation, period, because none of us saw the affidavit. But we have a lot of people reporting. We have police officers reporting certain mm-hmm. things. We have um, attorneys reporting different things that they have the legal documents to see, right. and they have put it out in statements. So, yes, we can use that. Do you that. think lawyers put out everything? We have both sides of the lawyers saying but similar every, things. But everything's not Okay, out. so at the end of the day, you can continue to do these points that you want to do, but that's also the same thing police officers did in this situation to further push their need to go do this warrant and execute it the way that okay. they did. So, so at the end of the day, my point you, is, why do you feel the I feel like the timing at 1240... Do you know what's was, on my head warrants? Okay. I'm going to finish my statement, and yeah. you can say whatever you want to say, and that's completely fine. I feel like if she wasn't a major player in this investigation, it didn't really warrant for her for you to go at that time. I think that could have been better planned off, number one. Number two, I mean, do you really think the people that were doing the warrant that were not involved in the whole situation should have been the people that are actually going to serve it? Okay, so I'll answer your first point first. One, you hit warrants at the most opportune time for you as a police department, where people are either asleep or at home. So that's why they did it at 1240 at night. I had one yesterday at 4 o'clock in the morning. Great. So that's when that's so why you, you do it at that time. Okay, but that doesn't mean that it's the best time. That, no, it is It is the best time for the simple fact that if you do it any later in, you do it later in the day, you have more risk of people being outside, and you have more risk of people not being at home. You have more risk of people being up. You have more risk of people being out there that can cause harm to you. Great. So that's why it's done that early in the morning. It's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. So, and then to your second point, which was, which was your second point again? Well, I don't understand why the timing. My other thing was like, there were, I mean, you tried to negate, and I just said there were some false claims by the police officers as well. That's all I said. But my oh point, no, you asked if the, the people that should that were there shouldn't have hit the one. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm gonna tell you like this. I work for Atlanta Police Department. We have three units that can hit warrants. Only three: Fugitive, Apex, and SWAT. Those are the only three units that can hit warrants. That doesn't mean that in the vast other units that we have that they will not come to us, present an affidavit, and ask us to do a search warrant for them or an arrest warrant. They will come to those three units to do it. We have nothing to do with their investigation. 
All we need to see is the warrant, see that the judge signed it, and a supervisor signed it. Sometimes we read over it to make sure the accuracy of it. But we were not involved in their investigation, so we don't know what's going on in their investigation. But that wasn't my so, question. No, you said with the people that were I not said, involved in the warrant. Think it was a, a, do you think that it was the, a, a great decision for the person that actually is in the investigation to not be a part of it? He was there. Daphne is always going to be there, but he might not be the one hitting the door. That's what I'm saying. But that's that's the thing. So you, you go into a department that maybe it was their, who they ever have these small departments, they have a designated team that hit doors. That's it. We have three, and we have a large department, and we only have three that hit doors. So he'll be there, but we were the only ones to hit it because we're high risk trained to hit doors. We were, high, we're trained to, not. not every police officer is trained to serve a warrant. And that's a problem. No, it's not. I feel like it's, that's the problem because if every if you're putting police officers in situations that they're not comfortable, they're not really like highly trained to do, then you're going to get an instance where they're going to react to certain things where if you have people that are trained, like you have SWAT, SWAT's specifically trained to in these kind of instances. Yes or no? Am I wrong? Am I understanding? Okay, so you're asking for someone for every police officer to be trained, hold on, to hit a high-risk warrant. Not everybody's tactically sound to do that. Right. So there's a reason why SWAT has tryouts. There's a reason why I go to training every other week for this. There's a reason when I was on Apex, we went every month for this. So you can't that just have, further you can't have 3,000 police officers be tactically trained. We should, if they're going to serve warrants, but we then should. That goes back That's to, the problem. Then, but then it goes back to the whole yeah. point of when you talk about militarizing the police department so my whole thing is okay my whole thing is I, i'm talking about just the outcome of this conversation can i finish my no, point yes because you're annoyed doesn't mean i don't need to get my no. message out and have the yes. conversation because i yes. think it's important for to us to be able to have this just because right. you're uncomfortable doesn't mean someone well, should speak. it's not that i'm uncomfortable it just what's the point at this so point? my thing is just... saying my, my well you would understand my point if i could finish my statement okay. um so my thing is would it not be better and whether i'm not saying that this i'm just saying i'm trying to think of a solution because as to more's point we always talk about things but we never talk about a solution to right. them so i'm talking about a solution mm -hmm. which is the reason why i'm explaining this so now you kind of understand so would it not be better to have people that are trained to do these type of instant to do these types of warrants to actually execute them we in this case this thing these we people, are trained to execute the warrants but not the in this situation these people they said it and the department said it they're not specifically trained for this they're, they're not accustomed to doing it they have a department in their area that is that does these often so they have the experience to understand what to do i'm just saying would it not be a logical thing for police departments to train people and use those people and it may not be realistic and that's completely fine i'm just trying to so think you're of saying outcomes. that the ones that actually hit the door yes, are not trained we're not that's not their daily thing that's not their thing that they do all the time okay so in smaller departments it's not they don't have money so certain departments you don't have money where you can have a full-time swat team a full-time fugitive team or a full-time well apex whatever right then even here in georgia we have like douglasville we went on douglasville to hit a search warrant to hit an arrest warrant we went out there dude barricaded himself in the attic we had to get their swat to come out there their swat team is comprised of people from different sections in their department 
So it's not a unified SWAT team like Atlanta is. Atlanta, we have a designated SWAT team. Dallas has a designated SWAT team. And all you do is train, train, and do stuff like that. So in smaller departments, I don't know how big their department is or Mm -hmm. what their funding is like. Right. It takes a lot of money to train people to do that kind of stuff. And they don't have, they might not have the resources for that. So you basically have like, it's like having a volunteer fire department. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, so let's, let's, hold on, hold on. Let's let's, finish finish it. So it's like they do go to training, they get training, but the funding isn't there to have them as a complete, just a a complete unit. So that's the thing. Like, so when we talk about defunding the police, this is another thing that we got to also think about. We don't have enough, if you don't have enough funding to have a, a designated SWAT team, and you take money away, what you gonna do okay, then? Right. Have, this is how you have these situations, you know what I mean? Okay, but this this is why I wanted you to table this, because we're gonna have a, a, a specific conversation about reform and decline, so I wanted to save that. And then don't, don't for, listen to more. For that, but I, but I think we do need to listen to, like, we have to have uh, what do you, why do you feel the way you do, Char? Um, because at this point we're not attacking the problem. It's that we're just you just got the low, the lower totem pole person fussing with the lower totem pole person, and what's the point? Like, it doesn't matter whatever Rodden say or whatever Ed would say. Neither one of them are gonna think that the other person is actually gonna. There are enough resources available. The cops are not trained enough, and I think also we don't look at this from a completely big picture perspective. Right. Why were the cops there to begin with? Well, we didn't even get to that. No, why were they there? They were doing the search warrant. Well, we why were they doing the search warrant? We, we Bro, said that. We said that it's, already. it's a speculation uh, that her, keep... boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend was receiving packages. Right. Right. I'm asking this question right. not because yeah. I don't know. Okay. There was some inf- information, there was some evidence that showed they might have, they might have had like a connection. To the, so they to wanted the to get more evidence to right. support. Right. The, for, on, know, for ongoing the, investigation, right. I mean... And really, what all it was was they're going there to collect evidence to support the ongoing investigation. I'm the aware of that. I'm and right. then her connection, possibly, possibly. that would be another right. It may, it may be another right. angle. But let right. Char finish because of activities that her ex-boyfriend was doing. Right. Okay. Cops show up, do it. Do you believe the cops did the best they could in whatever? What did did they have intent to kill when they went there? I don't. As a cop, you feel like at, you were just in your nine to five. I mean, I don't believe they went there to kill somebody. I mean, they went there to execute a search warrant. But my point and, is, um, and things went bad. Okay. But, then, but that's also what you train for. Like you train for things going bad. But I, so in an instance uh, like that, for us, we're probably going to do the same thing. Is it's we hit the door, somebody shoots at us, we're going to return fire. Well, that's and not right. And while we return fire, we're backing out and holding it for. Say our SWAT team. That's our procedure. Yeah, not necessarily procedure-wise, but you're clocking in. You're doing your nine to five. Is what pretty much you're doing. Right. Like you're just there to do your job. Right. On the other end, you got someone who is intentionally doing illegal activity, which was not enough. But was not. So yeah. you want to blame? So you no, want to blame, blame Amy Walker and Brianna? No, 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 no. no. You want to blame the, the ex-boyfriend. ex-boyfriend? Ex-boyfriend. Okay. Not those two, because that's what and what you just did is what everyone is doing. So I make the bigger point to say is instead of us just always wanting to blame just one side, in this case, there's enough blame to go around for everyone in terms of what happened. And the problem is, is that. We're sitting here going going back and forth about this, 
and not coming up with a comprehensive plan to attack everything that needs to be done to fix our fix our system. Because at the end of the day, like we say, everyone wants to run to their corner and ignore their dirty hand in terms of what's on and, and, and causing these issues to happen. So you going back and forth with between each other, at the end of the day, in a few months, we got, we're going we're gonna to forget about this, we're going to move forward, and then something else is going to happen again, mm-hmm. and we're still going to have people in our community being mm-hmm. impacted by drug dealers, and we're still going to have dirty cops not doing what they're supposed to do, and then the same stuff is going to happen over and over again. Mm-hmm. So the question is, the bigger picture is, what do we do to fix our communities? What do we do to make sure that we can, we're not afraid of the people that we need to police? Well, the first thing, of course, has, has has been brought up to the table is about the argument of defund, reform the uh, the police, and basically the thought process. I'm not about to. We're not about to argue back and forth about defund and what it means yeah. and reform. What it, we all know what reform yeah, is. We're, reform we're, we're is just here. Yeah. improving the police and whatever that means. Mm. So I just want to make sure we're not going to go in this back and yeah. forth for what it means. But what I'm saying is. Some aspects of that is one of them is that police being more accountable. That means that once you have lawsuits, like Brian Taylor's family had a lawsuit, but the taxpayers paid that out. Yeah. So maybe it's up to the department to pay it out now. So now that they're more responsible that, for it, and it's not going- that does happen. So okay. like you, you can bring a lawsuit against an officer, then the city doesn't cover. He has right, to take right. care of that. So, I mean, it's up, what it is, is the um, deeper pockets theory. You go after the person that has, yeah, yeah, the, has the most money, money. Yeah, which absolutely. is normally always the city. Absolutely. So, you can't, they, you have the choice to file a lawsuit against these three officers if you wanted to, a civil suit. But instead, they went after the city because they have deeper pockets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but that but also what doesn't I'm saying, change outcomes. Yeah, the issue is the law, the law that allows. But, or this type of thing no, happens. Okay, so yeah, but, we have to tackle. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that you them. can't go to the you can't go to the the taxpayer. You have like like if there was law like you can't sue the taxpayer. You have to. I'm just reading the article that said this, and the article is basically saying you strictly the top is the police department. So they're responsible of that money. So because now that they're responsible for the money, then they're they're you're putting like if you knew you were on the hook for this money, you're gonna do everything you can to not pay this thing out. Right, and that's kind of the same thing as another law that actually allowed for the execution of the warrant with the exclusionary rule. Right. So basically, it allowed for all of this to happen, period. Right. So, you know, with the exclusionary rule, basically it says that um, you don't have to have what the, the necessarily, it doesn't have to be a legal warrant, like based on what the law states. Like, if they have a cause to go there and there's a warrant that's issued... You have to establish probable cause to determine that there is a nexus to that location. Right. Because... Right. But all the evidence doesn't necessarily have to be there for you to get a no-knock or not, whatever it is. You don't have to actually have all that evidence. And because there's an... No, you you don't have to know what's exactly inside the location. I'm just saying that you, even if there wasn't enough evidence to get that type of a warrant, if you execute it, the exclusionary rule says that you can still use the evidence against the person because it that rule just exists. It doesn't. It doesn't. So it's not a deterrent for police officers to right. do a better job at trying to no. present evidence to That's be able to. Not really, with exclusionary rule. Okay, go ahead. Well, hold on. Let me finish this article, and then I will let y'all talk. the The next thing this article said that when police officers are um, known to have like um, misconduct, 
they can't just go to, it has to be a database in a database and I don't know if it is or isn't, but it needs to be in the database. But the, the point of this database is they can't go to another precinct and just get hired again. Another department. Yeah, another department and get hired again. So these are some steps from my readings also that um, that can happen. Also, we talked about when it has like social issues, mental health issues, that these that police officers aren't trained to, to handle these situations. So they shouldn't be going out. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should be a backup if things go bad. But they shouldn't be the main, because we've seen a, a few times where, like I said, um, uh, uh, I think he had autism like about a week ago, and he was killed. Uh, Elijah McClain, mm-hmm. he was like they're not equipped to handle the mental health situation. So, so going into your your question, Char. So I guess I'll ask EJ and Raw. Y'all can finish it up. Like, what is reform look like? I mean, we we've talked about this. Like, even with the mental health part, we talked about. I, I do believe that we should have social workers assigned to us for these kind of situations where you have a situation where you have to go out and deal with someone that has a mental capacity that you can't deal with. You should be able to have that social worker there that can help you and or take over and handle the situation. Now, if the situation turns violent, then you still have the officer there that you can, who is trained to deal with that situation. You know what I mean? Right. So, but like we also talked about that, it's going to take money. Mm-hmm. All that takes money. Um, reform to me really is we really have to relook, really look at the criminal justice laws, criminal justice system. So we have to relook, re- look at all the laws that we have on our books mm-hmm. and really start going through them and see if they're feasible to this time. Right, absolutely. Each state should be looking at right. all their laws and see if exactly. they're feasible to this time. Um, We as police officers need, do we do need better training in certain aspects of our job, most aspects of our job, but that also requires money and time. I mean, I think it's important to talk about what our, yes, we know all this stuff is going to come at a cost, but I think it's important to put on the table what things, what are solutions without not, right, we don't necessarily need to figure out. But what, that, that, what that, everything is, we can just say, what right. are those solutions? And then that's the thing, like, we, we need to come together as a community and we say, what do you want us to see us do better? And we have to also mm-hmm. be able to openly explain why things are done the way they were done. Like, right. we and Daryl talk about it all the time. We talk, we get, we have done a horrible job of explaining situations. We've, we've done a horrible job of explaining the law. Mm-hmm. So we, we get on TV and we say, hey, well... We're not going to charge them X, Y, and Z. And we don't go into detail of what the law is and why they came up with that description. What are the elements to lead them to this situation to believe that this was the right charge or the wrong charge? You know what I mean? So it, it's it's a better, we have to have a better communication mm-hmm. from both sides. If we don't have that kind of communication, then nothing's going to change and nothing's going to work. We're still going to mis- you're still going to distrust us, and we're still going to do the same old thing we've been doing for like a hundred years. Right. So, my thing it starts with conversations, and it starts with looking at the criminal justice system, and it, it start and then it trickles down from there. Right. What about you, EJ? I mean, I agree with everything that's being said. Um, I think that 
we do need more police accountability. Um, I think, again, going back to the exclusionary um, rule that did not apply, meaning basically they got evidence from an illegal search mm. that it couldn't be used against them. Why can they do that? Because it's a law, right? And why can they, why can they follow that? Because a judge said that it was okay to do that. And why can the judge do that? Because that's a part of the legal system. So those are the laws. They need to be held accountable, not only the police, but also the judge that are issuing these but warrants should also, this is my okay, opinion. Really this is my opinion on, on a solution. I, I, I mean, you can say whatever points you want. I feel like these people need to be held accountable, right? Right. They need to be held accountable in a way that will make them do their jobs better, right? So if there's a penalty for something, people tend to take more time to make sure that it's done right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with penalizing police officers, if they are requesting warrants, there's not enough evidence um, in that instance, then they can't do that. They can't do that. So they need to come back with more evidence, be able to do that. While it might affect other things in an investigation, I feel like if you're investigating someone, you should have sufficient enough evidence. If there's not sufficient enough evidence, you right. shouldn't get a warrant. Right. Um, also for judges that if you're reviewing their caseloads, signing off on them and they're there's not evidence to support why they gave that warrant, then of course, yeah, there needs to be a penalty for them. The laws need to change as well. I feel like there is a state that has a 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. guideline for whenever they can um, actually go uh, can execute a warrant. So I think there should be some guidelines for that. Might that impede the police officer's job? But guess what? At the end of the day, we want police officers to be... Um, the best that they can be. So, mm -hmm. like, honestly, doing things around certain times. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Um, there right. should be some guidelines more about I going agree. outside of no, that. No, I agree. So, okay. so, so yeah. you said something about exclusionary rule, right? Yeah. What did you say the exclusionary rule was? So, the exclusionary rule prevents the government from using the most, uh, using most evidence gathered in violation of the United States Constitution. So, example, the exclusionary rule applies to evidence gained from an unreasonable search or seizure in violation of the Fourth Amendment. It is excluded from the instance that we're talking about, meaning they could still use that evidence. No, they can't. It's not they can't use it at, they can't use it for anything because that it can become a fruit of the poisonous tree. If it was determined that this warrant, say they found stuff in the house and the search warrant was invalid, they cannot use that at trial. That's the exclusionary rule. It prohibits you from using right. evidence at a criminal investigation. It, it does not obtained. apply in this instance. We don't know yet. But what, no, uh, it does not apply in this instance. But there was nothing found. Yeah. To exclude. Regardless of that, the, it doesn't apply in this instance. But, so, they, but why bring up the exclusionary rule if it doesn't apply in this instance? Because there's nothing was is, found. And it's not just this case. It's lots of cases, right? So if you have some type of penalty, meaning you can't But there is a penalty for it. For that, for violating the Fourth Amendment, you go. So to if prison, they found something, if they found something in this particular incidence, the exclusionary rule does not apply. So they would be able to use that information. But we don't know if the exclusionary rule would apply until the get FBI finishes their investigation yeah. to determine if there was a Fourth Amendment violation. We don't know yet. Okay. Cool. No. So go ahead, sir. I don't think. I mean, that's not my understanding, but okay.
Yeah, discretionary rule is basically you can't use any evidence that you found illegally in a proceeding in a court right. proceeding. Right. Like, like if I knock on somebody's door, does not apply in this because there was nothing found to use, and then you don't know if the excuse if the search warrant was invalid because the FBI hasn't finished their investigation into the Fourth Amendment violation. So you may be right. It's just that we don't know yet. Right. But then, no, you still can't use it because there's nothing there. Well, you know what they, I mean. They didn't find anything. You know what I mean. But well, you're yeah. saying the search could still be invalid, but yeah. the exclusionary rule because there was no actual evidence found. Right. Been, okay. But at, but in your point, it could still be from from charging. So the... I'm saying from a legal standpoint, well, if <laughs> this is what I'm saying, and I don't, you're, I, maybe you're missing my point. I'm just talking in general terms. It does not apply. So if. <laughs> so if a judge grants a no knock, right? Right. Um, that's not merited. Okay. And it goes against what the Supreme Court says, right? Right. And they do that often because they do it whenever they feel like they want to. They can they issue they can issue a no knock even if there's not enough evidence. No, that, they don't. That's, that's, but just just finish. They your can issue yes. a no knock even if there's not enough evidence to support it, which happens. Let's just say that happens. Um, There is not going to be any harm done if there's no knock um, position on the warrant if it's illegal. So if they they are given that warrant from a judge and the way that they had given it to them is considered illegal by definition, that rule does not apply. So the exclusionary rule does not apply to that situation. And that's the problem. So means basically, police officers can present a warrant no. to a judge, and if the judge still deems that they want to give that warrant out to them, regardless if they have enough evidence, there's not a deterrent for them to do a yes, better there job. There is. It's called a Fourth Amendment, it, illegal search and seizure. You go to prison for that. Okay. That is the deterrent. The, the, you, and you. Okay. So you don't understand how hard it is to get a search warrant because no one, no judge wants to sign a warrant that is going to be going up to the Supreme Court or wherever and there's a Fourth Amendment violation. But this happens all the time. It does not happen. There was actually an investigation in a city where there was 105 warrants. Of them, 99 were no-knock warrants that were approved by judges. 76% of them did not have enough evidence to support it being a no-knock in that investigation. 76% of the time. Okay, so you're using one city out of- I'm just saying it's it happens. And but you're it saying happens. it happens all the time, but that's not all the time. You're using one city out of all the cities that we have but, in the- So, I mean, but I think what Edward is, is saying it, it does happen. And, and, and so, 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 so we don't know- But the deterrent is, Prison. Yeah, but we Federal don't prison. know the amount. But what I'm of saying is, happened. the thing is, we that can't we can't say a number of the amount. But what I'm happened. saying is, there's not. But we can't say that we don't. We can't say either. Either what? It's yes, it's we can't say either one. Yes. You're saying there's not a deterrent. There is a deterrent. Federal prison. So how many police officers do you know that have gone to prison for uh, uh, for God. for these types of? Um, the situation that happened on Neal Street when they killed you know, when they killed that old right? lady in the house and they had an illegal search warrant. They're all in federal prison. <laughs> All right, Char, go ahead. Federal prison. Char, go ahead. Do you, you want to add? No, I mean, you did ask a question like, about what? Because <laughs> we went on a different tangent based off the question. I, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I, but I do think what, what both of y'all are saying is extremely important. Yeah. 
And I think both of y'all have. I think it's just have nuggets. Barney's getting my nerves. <laughs> because you want to talk about your points, and everyone has to listen to your points. But when someone else presents something that you don't necessarily well, agree with, your thing is to shut down, just like you're doing right now, which is the problem. I'm not shut down. We it's, all need to be talking about our points. If you, if I don't agree with Rodden's points, that's completely fine. But what's happening is I'm getting educated right. on some things that I may not know. It mm-hmm. may not change my viewpoint on what I feel like is important, but you shutting down is the problem with Americans but you complain about uh, black Americans but you complain about black people not being able to have these conversations so well, well, no, just, uh, I, that's not what I'm shutting down about what I'm shutting down about is that there's not going to be any movement in this conversation and no one's going to move in the mid- to the middle that's my problem because you literally made a statement about one city based off of, and made that statement because this is how I think I'm a statistician you made a statement about one city and then came up with the conclusion that overall this happens a lot. And that and that what shuts me down. Okay, because so, you can't because it really has to be based off an overall look of a perspective right. or a or a good enough sample of something to make a conclusion about something. That's true, but also one yeah. city is too many. That, but that's also I mean, that's true. I mean, that is true. Okay, but, but let me be clear on that. that you that... can make that statement about everything in life. Is what I'm saying. No, but, okay, I, but like you can say, like, also like, like for example, like I work in a manufacturing plant. If I have one defect, the whole concept that we talk about is one defect is <laughs> too many. Mm-hmm. But in the rea- but in actuality, you don't live in a perfect system. So there's a, there's a, there's a but as long, but the, so when you don't live in a perfect system, you put controls and actions in place. That any event that something bad happens, you have something in place to per, to address it. So yes, so, so yes, you make the statement you make in one city is too many, but from a from a bigger perspective, most likely something is going to go wrong or something is not going to be done correctly all the time. But, but so, to your point, to, is to, your, to your question, but to, your to his point is he uses that on either side when he wants to talk about something, he can say, oh well, black people you. You have no, you have literally no, no stats, stats that you said you need stats all the time. You will literally yeah, sit here, but I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm just, no, I'm fair. just using his logic to understand how you can figure out like when you want to say and use things. It's kind of the same thing. It's kind of like an, an oxymoron. So on one side of the table, you say, well, black people don't want to get together, can't get along. We can't get on one accord. So do you know that all black people don't want to get along and don't want to get on? Where are your stats? You can't say that in this instance and then say, okay, when we're talking about police, that's just one city and that's just one example and that just negates your argument because you you don't have enough evidence. How can you have enough evidence to make a general statement about black people and when I'm saying something about police in one instance, which... If it's happening in one city, the likelihood of it happening in another city is just about okay. equally probable. But, uh, didn't you just say that earlier before we started that when you look at all of the urban communities and all the different bigger cities that you look at, that you have the same results over and over again. So in that statement, you literally look at multiple cities, specifically urban areas that are highly populated with black. These were your words, right? I didn't say these words. You did. You said you look at all the cities where well, there's... Your problems. point is to answer something that you're not answering. But, just going but, on another tangent. But what I'm saying is that, isn't that data based off of what you just said, that you're looking at but all... But where's your data? You just changed your position. You just said, I use stats. Where's your stats to tell me that all black people don't want to work together are not working together? I never together said not... all. Um, okay. So yeah, we but we're also, we're also I mean, I going say, on I a was, different topic. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah, going on a different topic. topic. So back to, back to what you were saying, Everett. Um, so you said 76% 
Right, it was a high, very high percent okay. of, so, of the So my question is, how many did those go to appeals, the Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court? I don't know, and I'm right. saying that there's, I'm not, so, I'm saying there's variance, and I'm just so, saying yeah, So that back to what you were saying, is like, okay, so with that, you, it, a lot of that stuff could have been overturned, and then, then a prosecution could have went on something totally different, you know what I mean? So the biggest thing you don't want to ever do as a police officer is violate the Fourth Amendment. Illegal search and seizure right. is the biggest thing you do not want to do because that is federal time, automatic, see you later, go to jail. Right, but what I'm Prison. saying, my only point is to say that the legal system protects police officers more than it will protect citizens, especially... I, in some, I, I, would, not, say, I okay, would say in some, in some instances. Yeah, it, it, some it's instances. more favored toward law enforcement because the law is in place to administer it, right? So the people right. that are administering the law, are it's more in favor to their actions than it is to the citizens, which is kind of not what you want. But it, I mean, if you read the law, I mean, I mean it is that way. It, it's done like that because of the job that we do. It's, it's inherently dangerous it. and certain certain things will happen during your job. Like I eat this whole situation, this whole case. Mm -hmm. You serve a, a search warrant, which is a one a very dangerous thing to do because you don't know who what the mindset of the person on the other side of the door is going to be. So like her boyfriend, who had a legal gun, who thought her ex-boyfriend was breaking in, or they were getting robbed, mm -hmm. shot at the police. He has a right to defend his home. Right. That's why he was not charged. Right. So when they fire back, they also have a right to defend themselves. Right. Right. So, I mean, so yes, in some instances, the law do favor us when it comes to our job. Mm-hmm. And then there's other instances when it's more favorable to the citizens than it is to us. You know what I mean? You may not agree. I just don't see it. That's why. Right, right. You, you might not see it because it's not highly publicized. When when we do something, especially when it's in a black community, we're going to get, it's going to be highly publicized. It's going to be scrutiny because just we, just we so we've done stuff in the past that we deserve this kind of scrutiny at times. So everything isn't shown. So it, it's like, for us, we can do certain things and we'll definitely get prison time because we have an oath of office to uphold. And when you violate that oath of office, that is automatically in Georgia, five years. So. And then that adds on to whatever you else, what else you did. So where other people may get probation, we're going to prison. So, um, Shaw brought up a point though about uh, black people and us running to our corners and not not being on one accord, mm -hmm. and that will lead me. This is gonna be a conclusion. This is gonna be the the last question I want to ask you guys, but I think it's a very important one. Do you guys feel so? Let me first introduce uh, um, Daniel Cameron. He is the Attorney General of of Kentucky, well Louisville. Um, he is the first Black African American to be an AG in Kentucky and the first Republican since 1948. As fellow black people, is it right for us to criticize him in the manner that we are doing? Can I go first? Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't like the aspect of calling him a coon and all that stuff when he did his job. You don't know if he liked or disliked doing what he had to do, but he did his job. He stayed within the law. We may argue and disagree about what the law is or if it should be changed and all that stuff. But he stayed within the law. He presented to the grand jury 
every element or every charge that they could possibly think of, and the grand jury decided to go with that specific charge. It's not his fault that the law is written the way it's written. Mm -hmm. So for us to blindly, blindly blame him, like he's the person that did it, he's not. The grand jury made a decision. He didn't make that decision. But they, he's also, and this is where me and you disagree with it, and I'm going to let y'all jump into this one. Because his own brand of, of, of he's shown what his brand is, and that's what he should do. Uh, Shar spoke about this. He shouldn't have spoken to RNC at all, he shouldn't have did that. Yeah, because the problem is, but by doing this, to... no, it is fair because you sat there and chose a side, you you understand what the right wing has viewed black right. people, so you did that. You did that. He has showed time and time again that he has separated himself from black people, so. For you to do it, it's it's perfectly fair. We can first of all we can criticize whoever we want. Mm -hmm. it's, that's, it's, that's just the American way. We all got yeah. We can criticize whoever we want, but we're not. Sensitive. But yes, he did some stuff that is stupid that he should not have done. So maybe his actual job, he was doing his actual job, but leading up to that was was idiotic for him yeah. to do that. No, I don't disagree with you, but I don't feel like he should be demonized for doing his job. Now, if you want. Feel some type of way about him speaking to RNC and separating himself from black people. Then fine, that's cool. But in this specific case, you mm. can't do that. I think what in any type of role, when it comes to military, when it comes to when you're having to be a defender of justice or actually present, your job is to maintain, regardless if you're Republican or Democrat, to remain objective. To remain objective, unbiased. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, unbiasedness, I guess. And he did a horrible job of doing that. Right. And but this is also an election year. I understand that, but, but you shouldn't have did it. Is, you still shouldn't have did it. Your job, I, I should, your job should be greater than what's going on in the election because you were fully aware of the importance of this case. And like we say, people run to their sides, and he ran to the and he ran to a side. Mm -hmm. And that's what. And, and, and granted, when he may have been um, fair in presenting his um, findings to um, the grand jury. However, his optics in terms of what he was doing was completely mm -hmm. derailed right. his job, period. Just like what um, Daryl said with Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo <clears throat> may have, you had a person who worked, your banker mm -hmm. may be black, but what the CEA, CEO did in terms of his statement Mm -hmm. change the optics of what was really going on mm -hmm. and and people are going to go off of everything based off of optics and he right. did and that's just where he messed up and then wells fargo might yeah. not believe in it they yeah. believe in uh, diversity yeah but because your ceo did this yeah. now the whole optics of wells fargo yeah. so, yeah. so i get it i i mean i get his aspect of that um but we also got to think people do things for gain you know what I mean? It's an election year, so on both sides, people are going to run to their corners, and they're going to make a decision based on their corners so that they can be seen in a, in a, in a certain light, and hopefully whoever their candidate they're backing mm -hmm. would, be, would be able to help them progress in their political yeah, career. and he showed that. So but, then, but in that side, is not favorable to black people. And, and, and it's not just that. It's, it's, it's everything. But and, there's also people that cater to black people. Yes, yes, I, I, I agree that, but Republicans don't. Republicans do not even acknowledge the plight of the black people. But 
what I'm saying is even the little stuff he does, and this is going to be hypocritical and this is wrong to say, but it still adds to it. Even him having a white wife, it, all of that adds to that. All of that is a totality of it. He has uh, Mitch McConnell's uh, granddaughter. Mm -hmm. it, it just adds to it. It adds to that what he yeah. did in his verdict was on brand of who he has shown but, to be. But to your point, I don't want to question who who he married. However, in his situation, because of because of not who he married in terms of her race, but who he married in terms of who she's yes. connected to. Relative, right. Yeah, that's, that should have been more of a, um intention for him to show objectivity as much as possible so no one can use the example use that of against him, him. Yep. use that against him but to your point like even saying that he's an attorney general this is why us going back and forth about this frustrates me because you said something about him that it was for personal gain mm -hmm. and i and although i know this is this is definitely a utopian concept but it frustrates me that the people that we elect in place are doing things out of personal gain and not for mm -hmm. the better of our country. Mm -hmm. So for us to go back and forth about what policemen do and what should be done in terms of what society does is kind of a mute point if the people that we have elected in position right, right. are doing stuff for their own personal gain. Absolutely. So I guess that's I mean that's part of my opportunity to, to um voice my frustration. But yeah, so that's kind of why. So we so we just got to do a better job of electing people in place that mm -hmm. represents us. But the I guess the question to that is that are we going to do that as a unified America or as a unified black people? Unified black people. You know what I'm saying? And that's the direction that we need to decide as a people to do. And what this the determine whatever direction we go in that cross or cross crossroad is going to is going to take some actions that's going to require sacrifice mm -hmm. regardless of what direction we go and that's hopefully the conversation that we can one day have um in terms of what that looks like yeah what it what it needs to be is we need to be unified black people yeah. first and then we all need to say we all are going with this candidate yeah and that's what we need to do but uh ej what, how do you feel about it oh i mean i think i've made my point pretty clear what position i'm on um i think as far as cameron i think that he did what he's trying to do is just kind of make it go away like his statements are to like okay black people this has happened is unfortunate let's just like kind of make it go away yeah because even in the press conference he was like trying to bring up i'm black right like he was trying he kept trying to say that like no we can obviously see that <laughs> like it's not like we can't see that you're black yeah. but it's just I think that I agree with what uh, Moore said. Um, I agree with what you and also Rodden said in that instance. Um, and I feel like there was a lot of kind of like victim blaming. Um, in this instance, mm -hmm. Breonna Taylor and Walker yep. were the victims. Um, we do have to talk about everything that goes on with it. I think my perspective is how in this instance can we prevent future Breonna Taylors? Absolutely. Because that's the thing, man, and this is where I'm going to end it on. The funny thing is, like, I, I wrote a, a bunch of lists down, and it's and it, the problem is, the way things are going is going to be another Breonna Taylor. Mm -hmm. I mean, we 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 seen George Floyd, Jacob Blake, Rashad Brooks, Elijah McClain, um, Sean Bell, Tamir Rice, Freddie Gray, Eric Gardner. We we had this conversation all the time. Go back to Rodney King, Emmett Till. Mm -hmm. Like we we keep having the same conversation. <laughs> And we need to figure out once and for all a solution because not only we, I think we all agree policing is a tough job, mm -hmm. but we also 
want a uh, option of how we want to be policed. Like if we feel like, and that's what going into the laws and figuring out what laws that need to be changed. So we all need to put our hand in this and that's probably is the only solution, right? We have to just all of us come together. We need to look at every single law needs to be looked at. Mm -hmm. Every single one. Right. And we need to decide if we're going to... And we need to be able to have tough conversations without us just right. going back and forth about an argument. Yeah, our, my position is not going to change. Maybe Morg's position is not going to change. Maybe Rodden's position. But we need to come together on a consensus on what's best for our communities. Mm -hmm. And that's really the more important piece of it. Right. We don't have to agree on everything. our positions, but we need to agree on what's best for us as black people. But we also need to say that everything we're doing, even though we might disagree, we're all trying to progress the black right. community. It's better for Go us. Ahead, Rob. So, I mean, like I like everyone said, we all always agree. But what it is, is more of an understanding educational moment. Some parts you understand better now because I explained it. I explained You explain certain things, I understand it better. You understand? It, it, that's the thing. It's, it's not always going to be kumbaya. Mm -hmm. It's going to be arguments. It's going to be yelling. It's going to be heated. Yeah, it's going to be heated. It's going to be passionate. But the point mm -hmm. is, that's what we need if we want to get to a certain point. People aren't having open, honest conversations anymore. That's right. the problem. If we don't have open, honest conversations and try to walk away from a little more educated than we came in, mm -hmm. we're not going to get anywhere. And even so, with the you talk about being another Breonna Taylor, probably will be. But, um... The same law that protected them, the officers in this case, protects every citizen. You always have the right to defend yourself when you feel like your life is threatened. But um, warrants are extremely dangerous. And things do happen that you don't plan for. You don't go in, you go into it with a warrior mindset, and you hope that you don't even have to use it. Um, training is important. Understanding who you're with is important. Understanding the situation and the location is important. So I don't like I said I'll, I'm gonna wait for the affidavit, for everything to see what it is and dissect and then go from there. Um, I don't know what their training is like. I don't, I don't know what a department does in the aspect mm -hmm. of having people execute search warrants or whatever. Um, but that's something that they're gonna have to review. And really think about. Um, to your point, people do lie on search warrants. People do lie on warrants. And they go to prison for that. Because if they caught. Yeah, if it's a big thing. If they caught. But it's more than you than you think. Because. Well, I want to see that more. I think I would feel validated if we saw that more. No, it, it's more than you think. As I like, I, we get a lot of case law. So, like, a lot of case law get pushed out. And it's not usually pushed out to the public because, you know, most people don't care. But we got a lot of case law where you have Supreme Court decisions or appeal circuit court decisions where they decide that they violated certain mm -hmm. rights. And those people end up in prison. And that's everything. That, that's one thing that every, and I, I can definitely speak about this, every officer is afraid of a Fourth Amendment, a constitutional violation, because there's no coming back from that. That that's prison time. And I guess to, I'm just starting to add one more thing. I oh, guess right. to add when when we're researching and when we're gaining information, I think it's important that we 
get information that not only supports our position, but also opposes our position as well. And because in every case, when everyone's looking at this case in terms of with Breonna Taylor, we're probably all looking at it from the angle to get information that supports our position. Absolutely. And not even look at the other side of actually saying where there, there can be an alternative opposing view that actually supports the other um the other opinion. So that's I would encourage people to do that and take as much emotion out of it as they possibly can. Although I know that's hard because of the history of our country, but just try to look at it from a position of the possibility that it may go against what you believe um should happen. Yeah, but also if it goes against that doesn't mean that the prevalence it's yeah. incorrect. It's still, regardless of yeah. the outcome of this, it still need police reform. I think yeah. we all agree with that. Yeah. So regardless, uh-huh. criminal justice, yeah, or criminal yeah. justice reform. Regardless of the outcome of this, uh-huh. regardless of Jacob Blake, regardless of Rashad Brooks, regardless of the George Floyd, we're still saying, yeah, it still needs it's reform wrong. and yeah. all around. Uh-huh. Said it, guys. That yeah. was that was that was that was our most. Uh, <laughs> Is everybody good, real quick? No, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. I, yeah. mean, I don't take anything personal. I think it's a. I think there are conversations that need to be had, so yeah. I don't get frustrated with it. I am passionate about what I say, but at the end of the day, my opinion is still my opinion. Right, and absolutely. I'm gonna learn from other people, but I don't. I mean, my opinion is still it. It's just that it's a conversation, and we move on. Mm-hmm. We have the conversations. We take in little grains of you know of knowledge that we need, and we help ourselves just be more rounded. Just like more said, yeah. we should be more rounded mm-hmm. and know more about it. And I always am okay with learning right and what i would love to do and and just as an idea i'm gonna throw out here is that uh i think voting or i think we're all saying voting is extremely important right yep um i think we need to do a podcast where we actually talk about the candidates especially the ones in georgia the ones that impact hmm. us and like so we can understand who we're voting for yeah, yeah. That's so good idea. so yeah so maybe that's something that we can look. I just thought about that. Or even just post it to one of our um, many platforms. Um, oh, yeah, we platforms. Could, yeah, so many platforms. Edward. Yes, please. Yeah. What, are, what are our many platforms? I was doing this and Morgan knows them better than I do. Oh, yes. Morgan, Morgan will get me. I assume he didn't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sorry, EJ. Yeah. Morgan only calls me Edward when, when I'm upset <laughs> with you. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> please, what are the so our various platforms? So our website is www.lessonmanpodcast.com. Our Instagram is um at Lesson Man Podcast. Uh, our YouTube channel, our Anchor, our Apple Podcast, our uh, SoundCloud, our SoundCloud. We have a lot of platforms, people. So our Twitter. Our tw- oh, I, we, yeah, Twitter. We do have Twitter. We Twitter. Yeah, yeah, Twitter. Twitter. We don't use it, but we don't have Twitter. Like we should all be on. Yeah, it's just, exhausting yeah. just for Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> so I don't even want to think about adding Twitter to the mix. But <laughs> yeah, less of a man, uh, either less of a man or less. Yeah, I think Twitter is less of a man. Yeah. Yeah, so please check us out on the uh, many platforms. Like, subscribe, comment. T- let us know what you think, especially about this one. This is the heated. Uh, conversation. Um, let us know what you think. And lastly, we just put out a a, a good video about message of black voices yes. of black men. Yes. Check that out. Share, like, comment. Please. Let us know how you feel about it. It's just some attraction too. Yep. So, so um, definitely check that out on all yes, the platforms. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So until next time, guys. Peace. Peace.